Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Vibras and Vibin. Um, so today, um, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. We have with us. Oh, hi, everyone. My name is Marquina Hofschneider. Um, I use she and they pronouns. I'm, I graduated from Oregon State in 2017, and I'm pursuing my master's degree in school counseling currently with Oregon State, um, but I also like to do art, poetry, and social justice work. Oh, and I'm from the Mariana Islands, an island called Tinian. Thank you for introducing yourself. Um, Y'all know me, Desmonte Rojas. Um, so before we get started on our discussions, or before we get vibing with our discussions, um, we're gonna go ahead and share a fun fact about ourselves. And then uh, feel free, Marquina, to share a fun fact about yourself. Yeah, I think the one thing that I've been thinking about, because it's such a weird, it was such a weird time for me, but I used to work in a jewelry store. And I will always remember that one day when I just recruited someone off of the, like, entryway to come into an event, and she just, like, dropped $4,000 on a ring. <laughs> so I convinced someone to spend $4,000 in a afternoon so that's probably a fun fact about myself that I can be pretty convincing um and then I used to work and sell like really expensive jewelry yeah no yeah that's interesting um thank you for sharing that um I didn't know that um but that's cool yeah um I think a fun fact about myself um I let's see yeah I think alongside with jobs I was once the I was a busser at a French restaurant um, and on my first day I broke a cup but not by dropping it but by like slamming it on the um, on the dirty dish rack and so like oh I didn't God. drop the cup but like I I like hit it on the rack and that's how I like um, the glass was able to because um, the glass is fragile but yeah um, that's a fun fact about me as well um and then a quote that um can you share a quote that you um resonate with and why you like that quote mm -hmm. so one quote that I try to hold close to myself in my career and just in life is um by Leron Bennett Jr and it says an educator in a system of oppression is either a revolutionary or an oppressor and it resonates with me because it, it really like aligns with my values about social justice and equity and if I'm going to be working as an educator then I have to constantly be evaluating how I'm either perpetuating oppression or contributing to changing it so um that's kind of what that's that's actually my email signature that I use in almost all of my email accounts so uh yeah that's my favorite quote yeah I like that um, so I think a quote that I wanted to highlight is, um, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world, um, was said by Nelson Mandela. And I think for me, it's education really has the power and value to shape, um, communities, shape towns, shape tribes, whatever you want to, um, label education to. Um, but I think education in general, um, if one has access to education, um, that is also very beneficial. And I know that with um, education and knowledge kind of um, go side by side, but 
Yeah, I really enjoy this quote because I, I think that, um, like, for example, I think uh, the children in the K-12 system and currently in the United States could, um, how are, how are these children learning about climate change? And I think it'd be cool to have like a climate change um, curriculum that's like required by the state or something, but things like that where like education mm -hmm. plays a role in like educating. Um, but yeah, I think this is a very, very good quote. And yeah, that's a quote I wanted to share. Um, and so on today's podcast, we will be talking about self-care, boundaries, allies, and um, advocacy in general. And so I'll go ahead and let you start the conversation, Martina. Sure. So um, I wanted to talk a little bit about self-care and boundaries and um, self-preservation in general, especially if you value social justice and equity. Um, I've really been in the past few years trying to focus my behavior and my actions and my decisions in aligning with those values. So I say that I really value social justice and equity, but what does that actually look like in action? And when I was an undergrad, I was actually like super involved, like really involved. Like at one point I had 10 meetings in a week and I actually never went to class because I was a lot more focused on my involvement across campus and like making changes and everything um, that I really neglected taking care of myself. And so living alignment with your values. So if you're actually like, if you actually value equity and social justice, you should also apply that to yourself, if that makes sense. So that's kind of how I approach self-care, um, taking care of myself so that I can continue to do really good work. Um, because if I burn out, then eventually the work that I do will not be as powerful, as meaningful, and as um, purposeful, not only for myself, but for everyone else I'm doing it for, if that makes sense. So like, Another quote that I live by is um, self-preservation is an act of warfare. So that's by Audre Lorde. Um, and that's another quote that I kind of hold to myself, especially when I'm really stressed out. So like before this podcast, we had the conversation where I'm actually really stressed with school. Um, but like being able to communicate, like having those boundaries, right? Communicating with other folks, like hey, I actually communicated with you. Can we push this back because I have something else? Or um, if a friend wants to chat and just catch up, like, hey, I can't do it right now. I'm actually really tired or burnt out from the day. Can we push it back? And I think that when you set those boundaries, um, you really, you not only help yourself in setting yourself up for success for whatever you want to do, but you're also creating spaces for discovery in those relationships that you're setting those boundaries for. So whether it be in like a social setting or like a work setting, so whether it be with your friends, with your family or at work, um, when you set those boundaries, it gives the opportunity for yourself to learn about your capacity, but also for the folks that you're setting those boundaries with to learn about um, what your love language is or, um, learn about how best to engage with you or discover how to set boundaries themselves. There's like a lot of opportunities that come from setting personal boundaries um, that I think contributes to your self-care and it contributes to um, just the relation, like the value and like the health and the like beauty of the relationships that you have around you. 
if that makes sense. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, yeah. 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 Um, I think I agree with like boundaries. Boundaries in any given relationship uh, can definitely help. Um, for example, like in a working environment, like let's say you are always the one that your boss always asks to do a certain task and your boss might know that you do a great job at doing that. And so it's like, you're, you know, um, mm-hmm. if one is able to set up boundaries within the work environment, like, hey, um, I un- like I understand I, I'm good at this task or blah, blah, blah. Um, I do know that sometimes in work in previous work environments that I've had, um, I know that um, it's helpful when I have coworkers that are able to help do a certain task. Um, but yeah, I think boundaries in general are something that um, can really help um, strengthen uh, an environment, a relationship, or a work um, space, work culture. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, like actually in one of my meetings today, um, one of the executive directors mentioned, she said something like, if you're not, if you if you feel like you won't be harmed at your, at, at your organization or like in your workplace, you'll feel more productive. And when she talks about harm, she talks about um, the what's the word, the invasion of those boundaries, right? Like, so like, if like what you were saying, if your supervisor is constantly asking you to do something that's beyond the scope of your work, or if um, your white colleagues are constantly asking you to speak up for your entire race, or constantly asking you to touch your hair, or like any of those personal and professional boundaries, those are like acts of harm, right? Because it's harming your productivity, it's harming your self-care and your well-being. Um, And if you don't have those boundaries in place, then you will potentially burn out and you will, um, it's not going to be fun for anyone. And um, I've been reflecting on like boundaries in terms of like what I allow myself to give in terms of energy for um, allyship, right? So like how much energy am I going to like produce given this conversation, if I know this person is actually just trying to be defensive and not listen to me, or like how much energy am I going to give to this organization that actually only focuses on whiteness and white supremacy? Um, or how much energy should I, should I give in being frustrated about this really um, micromanaging coworker that I have, which I've had? <laughs> um, like just reflecting a lot about where your energies go, where you want to give your energies, um, and if they're kind of worth it. That kind of goes into setting up your boundaries, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, yeah, Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think along the lines of, like, boundaries and and the work environment, I think, um, for example, like, I think, like you mentioned, like, oh, if one is able to verbally um, vocalize, like, hey, I would appreciate it if you don't ask to touch my hair or et cetera or something along the work environment. Um, I know that one, an individual might have to learn how to um, set up boundaries, but I think boundaries in general can really be, uh, um, can really be helpful for any given relationship um, or any work environment. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I think 
that um so along the lines of like self-care I think self-care also like making sure how you don't burn out um I think for me like along the lines of like social justice advocacy like it's not my job to educate everyone mm-hmm. um um, but I feel like it is my job to say that I was able to do something about a yes. given issue. So, like, let's say, you know, like, I'm not, I feel like along the lines of, like, oh, like, making sure, like, where I'm putting in my energy and social justice advocacy or if I, um, et cetera, any global issue. Um, but, yeah, I think self-care is very important because I know that, um one can one if one doesn't really know like the how to kind of maneuver themselves the burnout um burnout can happen and I think it's important that sometimes also reminding myself it's like listening to my body listening making sure that like myself is taken care of um so I can further be able to produce my um my best work um Mm-hmm. And that goes along the lines of like self care. Like, what does self care look like? Self care looks self care looks different on everyone. But what does self care look like? What are what are things that you might enjoy doing? What are things that help um, your your body? How, what are some passions that you might hold? Or simply just going out into nature, or outside. Um, I don't know things like that. But yeah, I I agree with like self care and being important. Um, and mental health kind of uh, is along the lines of self-care, but mm-hmm. yeah, self-care definitely um, is very important. Yeah, I think like like self-care is like super important because one, you just really need to take care of yourself, right? Like how, like, I don't know, it's not important. It's important to survive, but it's also really important to thrive. And in order for you to thrive, you really need to take care of your entire being. So that includes your physical wellness, your mental health wellness, your um, spiritual wellness, like all those aspects. Um, that includes what goes into your body in terms of like information you're absorbing, right? Like recently there's like so much going on in social media and like folks are just downloading so much information that it can be really overwhelming. Um, so just making sure to like step away from that or like engage in something that's very spiritually filling or um, maybe even physically filling like really good food, which maybe comes with spiritually filling with really good people. But um, just like balancing it all out, it's like super like I would say it's been so difficult, like trying to figure out that balance. Um, but it really helps um, to have like a system of support, like folks around you to be able to hold you accountable to your self-care. Like I actually have a group of friends um, that we just constantly check in with each other. Like, how are you doing today? Or validating each other, supporting each other, actually holding us (laughs) accountable, like go do your paper or go drink some water or go outside and running. Um, Like having that support system is really great. And I'm also very lucky to have a really great partner um, who does that for me. And then also because I was able to set up like and express my boundaries and express what I needed with like my father, he's also been able to like do that recently for me. Like he's saying like, just do what you need to be doing. Um, take care of yourself and stuff like that. Uh, I think like balancing it all out really requires, I think a lot of planning in advance, 
but it's kind of like unconscious planning, if that makes sense, because you're, you're navigating like the spaces and like those engagements that you feel are good for you, right? Like the last few years I've been really figuring out, okay, which one of these, of the many people that I'm surrounding myself with, how many of these folks do um, I feel most filled with, or do I feel like I step out of the engagement with them and I feel really good about myself or I'm really self-reflective and it contributed to my growth and well-being. Um, it takes a lot of consciousness, but also unconsciousness because you can actually feel, right, the vibes, right? You can feel someone's vibes in order to determine whether or not they will long-term be supportive of you and in making you the better person that you can be. Um, so I don't know. I just kind of went on a tangent, but I think that kind of answers how I prevent burnouts. I kind of like set myself up for success in terms of like surrounding myself with like really good people to help me out, right? Cause that's, that's a combination of both self and community care. So I'm self, like taking care of myself by surrounding myself with a community that cares for me. Um, and then it also can transfer into like organizational care. I'm taking my, care of myself to understand my values and what I want to see in a workplace or what I want to see in a career um, and applying that to my decisions based on like where I want to work. I think that self-care could really be applied to any part of your life. Um, and that's kind of just how, I think that's kind of how I do, I try to do mine or I try to prevent burnout in that way. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I think, um, yeah, I think making sure that you are taking care of yourself as you are doing your tasks or as you're doing your work or as you're doing your involvement in school or just your general um, workload. Um, I think I think making sure that um, I think learning how you yourself are able to um, have a like for example for me like my my creative outlets or my passions how they help me also stay on um like do my hobbies but also mm -hmm. making sure that oh like how is jasmine physically doing is she drinking enough water today is she um and i think things like that like i remember in high school like i was really good at drinking like eight cups of water every day and um it's just another little thing that I, I'm trying to do again and, you know, like making sure I drink water here and there because um, it will help me um, physically and my um, my physical body. And not only that, but it will help me, um, my overall health. And so, um, yeah, um, I think uh, alongside of the topic of allies, um, I think we just talked about boundaries and creating spaces for discovery, learning and love languages and how that might be seen in families, relationships, works, environment, um, even in social media. Um, I think it's like social media, as like you said, like a lot of children might be taking in such, you know, like such a lot of content. And so like making sure that like how our children or how are in general, how are people able to like, Oh, if you feel like there's a lot of like, um, I think the social media has a lot of power to spread positivity, but there's also that like negativity side. And so like mm -hmm. setting up boundaries of like, oh, what, what am I, you know, like um, time on social media and um, 
think that's also another creating spaces for um for self um care for sure. um but yeah um and so i wanted to talk about allies and so i i think it was last week but i don't know if y'all know who scooter braun is scooter braun is um currently he's a manager um so scooter braun is the he manages justin Bieber, um kanye west ariana grande jay balvin and tori kelly and i think a few other celebrities but i attended his um instagram live i think last week and he was he was talking about how um what he was basically talking about was he was acknowledging his privilege. He was acknowledging that he was already ahead of the race because of his identities. And he's acknowledging that he needs to further educate himself and understand that he needs to, um, you know, like help himself in the race. And I think um, one thing that I really took away from this live was that he was saying that um, the people in power basically thought about themselves and not anyone else and I think I really resonated with that because I feel like I was able to further see how America um I think right now like during like the like recently like the Black Lives Matters movement and how that's been um uh huge on social media I think that's also kind of emphasizes how that's a how I, th- I thought that was really um, interesting to have uh, Scooter Braun say that because not a lot of celebrities are saying that or not a lot of like platform people are saying that and I think that um, yeah I think it's important to understand that um, not like anyone can help ad- be an advocacy like you can you like if you even if you don't have social media like just voting that's also a form of advocate advocator um but yeah I really wanted to emphasize that because I think Scooter Brown touched upon white culture and how he's putting his time and energy as a white ally and yeah um yeah yeah I like what you said about how like everyone every everyone can be an advocate in a way like I feel like everyone has a role whether you're white or you're brown or you're non-black or you're indigenous like everyone has a role and has some agency in some way um it just so happens that especially with the black lives matter movement and um when it comes to like dismantling white supremacy right like white folks just have even in dismantling white supremacy and in making sure that black lives matter white folks still have the most power to do that. Like we saw like, as like for me, it was really interesting for the past few weeks to see so many other folks who are, who have been silent in the past few years as, cause I've been a social justice ed- educator for five or six years. And it, it was so interesting for me to see and hear white folks who have never been a part of that conversation take up so much space in that conversation and um what it was a little bit harmful because it it highlighted just how privileged white folks are to be able to like have that conversation as mainstream now because they're having it if that makes sense but it also brought to light just the importance of white allyship 
in the movement because they really hold a lot of social power. So like they're valued in the movement because they need to be doing that work. However, how they do that work is a whole nother conversation, right? They shouldn't be taking up the mic, right? Like if a black or brown or indigenous person is there, pass the mic. Um, but if no black or brown indigenous people are there, maybe say why, um, why there aren't black and brown or indigenous people um, in that space. So it's, it's just a weird, like white allyship is very complex, um, but it's so important to kind of unpack. And I encourage any of those who are listening and who are white to educate yourself in um, black and brown and indigenous people of color um, experiences, but don't harm those folks in asking them about those experiences, if that makes sense, because it can be re-traumatizing. It can be very painful to go through that or like to constantly talk about your experience in a very white space for the benefit of uh, white folks, if that makes sense. So just read up a little bit about whiteness and how it applies to you and take the lead. That's like, that's my advice to white folks. Take the lead of black and brown and indigenous people because that's who you're working for. Um, and that's who that's whose experiences you should be centering, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think just creating spaces in general for having discussions and how acknowledging that white privilege is a thing and um, acknowledging that um, the white culture um, also has a part on dismantling. Um, the system and in spaces and work environments, etc. I think just having acknowledgement and creating conversations, um, mm -hmm. holding, holding, holding groups accountable as well. I think and it's also would also mm -hmm. is also uh, something that could really help. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I think it's also important to understand that like the that a person or like let's say an individual might not know at all like the history but uh, helping encourage like encouraging these white folks you're like hey this is information um mm -hmm. i i think i actually did that um to um i can't i reached out to an instagram account that was being like saying bold racial um, statements and I was just like hey just letting you know um, why this why you might be getting backlash etc like you know mm -hmm. like um, helping educate them as well um, but mm -hmm. also I think because racism is taught it's also that like making sure that um, that also education plays a role in that how education really is important and how it can be vital in making sure how for example how what applications like what apps on the phones are being are on app, app stores that can I mean I haven't personally looked but like is there like a social justice category mm -hmm. in the app store etc or things like that but yeah that was just like that was just um yeah, how education yeah. also has a role in, like, um, with technology. Ab 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like it goes back to your quote, right? Like education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. Like, and we think about when we think about education, we shouldn't only think about it as like textbooks or lesson plans. It's also knowledge sharing. It's also storytelling from your elders. It's, um, it's knowledge and education and information sharing that really helps, especially with social justice to, like you said, like educate folks in order to have them be more informed about maybe harmful ways that they're participating in oppression, right? And so like, I feel like, I think it's important that for us who do take time and energy to educate folks, to also think about that other quote that I shared, right? Like as an educator um, in a system of oppression, we're either a revolutionary or an oppressor. To also understand in what ways in our educating other folks, are we participating in or complicit in the oppression of other folks? I actually read a really, really great article. I reread it. I read it a few years ago, but I reread it again as part of my training. It's called The White, The Three Pillars of White Supremacy. I highly recommend it. Um, I think, let me go, I, I can't remember who it's by, but it really unpacks how um, how different groups need to hold themselves accountable, like you said, to how they're either complicit in the oppression of others um, or um, kind of seeking a liberation that isn't liberation for everyone else. Um, so highly recommend that book. But going back to like the education point, like education and knowledge is like so, so, so important. And if for those of us who are hmm, like social justice educators and social justice, like uh, liberators, basically hoarding that information is not going to help anyone. Right. So it goes back to like boundaries and self-care. Like you can have self-care and boundaries and self-preservation but also know that too much of it can lead to like, just like a numbingness and like a inability to actually contribute to the movement, if that makes sense. So it's always, always about balance. Um, but if I think like, I think that's why I try to live in ways that align with my values. Like when I'm deciding whether or not to engage with someone or educate someone on something, I think about it long-term wise, like what does this do to contribute to the movement or what does it do to contribute to my self-care and preservation or is it even doing anything if I engage or not? Um, it's always about navigating those questions when you're being an advocate, if that makes sense. There's like, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, I think with like the social justice, um, topic and the theme of social justice there is actually a quote i can't remember i remember there's a quote um it it goes um it is education i don't know knowledge is power applied knowledge is freedom and i think that mm. also, like, is um, also how applying the knowledge um, yeah. or just education you know like how education and knowledge like you were saying it's like storytelling or that is that sharing um you know, I think, I think that quote also, um, yeah, I can't remember who said that quote, but I also enjoy that quote of, like, knowledge is power, uh, but applied, applied knowledge, knowledge is freedom. 
Yeah. I yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. And I think um, going back to the, the topic of um, why allies are just allies in general, I think that, I think um, this generation um, needs to continue to um, continue to have these conversations or whether that be like on it, on social media or, or like, you know, like um, verbal communication um, or through apps. Um, I think that um, it's, yeah, I think just continuing to speak up for whatever social justice topic you mm-hmm. are passionate about and understanding that um, the privileges that one might have and how that looks like and you know like there's a quote I or there's like a post I saw on social media that oh if you're tired of seeing BML posts well imagine how tired the BML community is for Mm -hmm. you know like things like living through it every day yeah 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 and so it's things like that like further creating conversation to like you know like um helping understand that um how cultures or one's identity um and how that might be able to continue to um create um create ways of um community or conversation or just education or applying that education Mm -hmm. into your work environment or um school university um etc yeah like the bare minimum i think that white folks can do white allies is think about think about like self-reflect to think about systems of oppression and like white supremacy and racism um that's the bare minimum just think about it like you're going one step further further by talking about it or creating spaces to talk about it because you're continuing that learning right and then to go beyond that is to actually act on it, right? You're saying knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is freedom. Like going beyond just thinking and talking about it and actually putting in that to action. Um, I think that's what white, white allies, like it's, it's not really a three-step process. It's always, it's mix, it's a mix and it's complex. And it's always about trying to figure out when, when and where is appropriate um but as long as folks are doing those three things thinking and talking and acting on it um then i feel like there's a lot more hope for social justice and especially racial justice yeah oh yeah um do you have any other input or um notes comments about the self-care boundaries your allies um marquina but I think mm. yeah, you highlighted, I think, definitely great um, key points. Yeah, I mean, I think the impo- like one of the one of my favorite books about change and social change is titled The Impossible Will Take a Little While. And that's like a general reminder for anyone who's in the movement, whether you're white, whether you're brown or black or indigenous or a person of color. Um, 
the impossible will take a little while, but there's all these moments of hope and like these conversations of learning and inspiration and beautiful moments that come out of those really um, like mm, these moments of struggle. Um, there are still beauty that comes out of moments of struggle and eventually it will, I think, I feel like I'm just trying to sparkle a little bit of hope, but the impossible will take a little while, um, but it's going to take a lot of work and constant work. And it's important for you to self practice self-care, put up those boundaries and find your allies and your support system so you can continue the work. But that's, yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Well, thank you for um, chatting with me. And I think that um, I really enjoy the quote that you shared, and I think that um, just, I think, continuing to um, have people hold conversations, um, and for example, that might have a chain effect, like, if you're, if you might be a white ally, and oh yeah, like, at work today, I, I learned this, continuing that, and educating your family, or, you know, like, your you're continuing that conversation at home um but yeah um martina i thank you for um joining me and for talking um about how self-care might look like um as one is advocating personal justice um advocacy because i i do know that that can have a heavy weight on someone Mm -hmm. if they're not taking care of themselves and that might lead to burnout but i think um yeah i think thank you so much for taking your time and taking the energy to um to talk on my mudas and Biden um podcast today and yeah thank you thanks for having me yeah um well i hope you have a good day and thank you everyone for um listening and uh, muchas gracias